the Treasure Island Development Authority Infrastructure and Transportation Committee special meeting. Due to the COVID-19 health emergency, board members are participating in this meeting remotely via video conference, and they are participating in the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. For members of the public who wish to make public comment, the phone number to use is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2498-628-2551. Then press pound and press pound again. When your item of interest is called, dial star three to be added to the queue to speak. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. You may address the board once per agenda item for up to two minutes. Item number one, call to order. Director Richardson. I'm here. Director Sen. Present. Director Souter. Good morning. All right, we do have a quorum. Okay, so let me, as always, let me just say um, hello to everyone, commissioners, staff, and members of the public that are joining us today. And also for those that will be joining us, you know, later, um, this is the Treasure Island uh, Transportation Infrastructure Committee. And as always, um, as I mentioned, I'm glad to be here today to give you all the updates on what we are doing at Treasure Island. And with that, uh, Kate, uh, next thing on the agenda, please. Item two, general public comment. I'm seeing no public comment. Okay, and no public comments. And so move on to the next agenda. Item number three, consent agenda, 3A, approving the minutes of the November 16th, 2021 meeting. Commissioners, can I have uh, approval of uh, the minutes, please? Faye, it looks like you're muted. I move approval. Okay. Second. Okay, so I'll call the roll. Okay. All Director in favor? Richardson? I'll take Aye. a roll call vote. Thanks. Uh, Director Sen? Aye. And Director Souter? Aye. And there are okay. three ayes. Thank you very much. Next thing on the agenda. Item number four, update on Mercy Housing Catholic Charities Residential Development. Um, Nabiha Aziz from um, Mercy Housing will give an update on um, the status of the their, their project. Thanks, Bob. I will share my screen. Um, good morning, okay, everyone. Welcome. Welcome, Nabila. Thank you. Um, my name is Nabiha Azim. I'm senior project manager with Mercy Housing. I think you all have seen me here before, and I have the exciting um, update to give you all that we are starting construction. Can you a little bit louder, Nabila, please? Oh, I'm sorry. Is this better? That's not a little bit better. You, you were breaking up a little bit. I'll try to speak louder. Um, so, as you all know, um, Parcel Treasure Island C31 is a partnership between Mercy Housing and Catholic Charities. We will have Mercy Housing Services in partnership with Catholic Charities Case Management, um, and Mercy Housing Management Group will be managing the property once it's opened. Um, this has been a long partnership between Mercy Housing, Catholic Charities, Ida, One Treasure Island, and the Mayor's Office of Housing. We're very excited that we will start construction in May of this year. 
Um, and we're expecting construction completion to be in 2024, so around March 2024, which then would mean move-ins would happen um, in 2024. So the, just very quickly, the funding sources, um, we received HCD, the um, housing funds from the state of California called Accelerator Funds, which is a new um, set of funds from the federal government. And then there's ASIC, which is Affordable Housing and Sustainable Communities Dollars. And then the Mayor's Office of Housing, of course. Our construction lender will be Citibank. Um, the project is located next to Maceo May. So Maceo May is right here. We are right here. It's 138 units total, of which 71 will be um, replacement Catholic Charities units of families that currently live on the island. And then there are 43 affordable units that will be um, any villages families that income qualify can move in. And then there's 23 set aside for the villages um, where they do not need to income qualify. There's no restrictions on that one. So um, the staffing very quickly, we will have a senior property manager as well as an assistant property manager on site, a housing support specialist to help with the formerly homeless families, and then resident services coordinator from Mercy Housing that will work on providing services to the entire building. So all everyone in the that lives there, um, case managers, again, from Catholic Charity side, we will have 24-hour desk clerk, um, and then, of course, the maintenance and janitor. This is just um, rendering of the site plan. It is going to be um, four stories on the shared public way and, and seven stories on the seven seas side. It's connected by um, a little walkway. There's a courtyard for the residents living in the building. And then this right here is the main entrance and it's adjacent to the public park, which would be, will be nice. There's, we share a mid-block alley with Maceo May as well. This is a rendering of the project. Um, the shared public way over here, San Francisco on this side, and then um, and the park that I mentioned right there and the lobby entrance. These are just renderings of the courtyard. Um, you'll see there's lots of space for people to walk through and um, spend time. There will be a barbecue um, near the community room. Just a standard unit plan. Um, so you walk in, this is a two bedroom. There's a kitchen over here. It's all electric. There will be um, electric stovetop a washing, a dishwasher and refrigerator, all this standard appliances, and then the bedrooms here and the bathroom and living room. This is a three bedroom floor plan. You walk in three bedrooms over here, bathroom, same kitchen, and then another bathroom. There's two bathrooms in the threes and fours. And then this is the four bedroom unit plan. So 
the same, two bathrooms, and then the bedrooms along the side. This is just another rendering of the entrance. Um, so the park is over here, and then the lobby entrance is right there, and that's the shared public way. And that's it. We're very excited to start. Okay. Thank you so much, Nabila, and um, just, um, I know you didn't indicate um, how much did we get, and also we all need to thank uh, Governor Newsom, uh, Department of uh, California Department of Housing, for giving out this award. And I hope that um, we are going to be asking them for more. But it's important to be, you know, grateful for what we've gotten so far. So um, we also noticed there are no studios uh, here. You only indicated one bedroom, two and three. Right, and that's too much. No studio, yeah. No studios. No studios. So it's one, twos, threes, and fours. Okay. So and again, uh, yeah, we got the uh, press release, and we're very excited uh, about um, this substantial amount. So if you could just state for the public how much we got, so that'd be great. Yeah, sure. The um, state funding will be fifty-five million dollars. Okay, thank you. So at this point, I'm going to uh, quickly uh, get to, uh, you know, report to the commissioners for questions, comments. Thank you, Nabila. Any comments or questions, Commissioner? I, I do. Nabia, um, I am so excited to see that you've made progress, you've gotten financing, and that you're on your way to starting uh, the construction, beginning the construction for this project. And it's a notable project because it's going to be our first family housing. We we have our first affordable housing project, which is with the veterans and with um, Chinatown Community Development Center in the Maceo May project. And we're glad to see that started. But this is the second um, that project that will um, be started. Uh, and it's for families and it's for families, both who now live on the island as replacement housing, as well as families, um, uh, affordable units. And so we are really glad to see this project um, get started. Um, so um, kudos you to, to you, because I know it's been a very difficult time, especially during the pandemic to get the financing together for it. But um, very glad to see that you've made um, so much progress. Um, and the fact that you actually have four bedroom units, that's so rare in the city. And it also shows our commitment to family housing and not just uh, the studios and one bedrooms, which are so often um, what is built in the city. So glad, glad to see that you've made progress. Have you chosen a contractor yet? Yes, we have been working with Nibby Brothers for um, a few years now. Yeah, they were selected in a public process procurement. Great. Well, thank you very much. I have no further. Thank you very much. Um, any question? Okay. Yes, Question. I have a question. Any question? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Nabia. It's Julia um, Souter, and really appreciate the presentation, and congratulations again to all the work, and I just want to echo um, Commissioner Faye's accolades and, and support. I, I do have one question. When I was looking at the inner courtyard and when, when we were speaking about all the families and individuals there, could you show the picture again? Because 
I'm a little worried. There's a lot of raised beds in a pathway, but there's not much broader, larger seating areas. I saw a bench, but I didn't see much room for all the units. Um, I was just wondering if there's more open space. Yeah, no problem. Let me share the site plan. I think it's, it's a little hard to tell on the site plan. Um, and more photos, but if you zoom in, you'll see the courtyard. It is a narrow, a rather narrow space. However, we have, and you couldn't tell in the photos, but we have areas that are larger and open up for play. And it's more nature play space. Um, and there's benches right here. And these are all, these darker spaces are all benches. And then there's a, um, this is a larger open area for play as well. The community room is over. You guys see my cursor, right? <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay. The it's right here, and there's a barbecue here, and it's another larger open space. Um, not like a large, it's not as narrow, and it's area for play and for kids. Um, and the raised beds that you all saw there, we made sure to build the building of them will be of round. Um, corners instead of having sharp corners, we were conscious of the fact that this will have a lot of kids and it's they're rounded out. And they're they're probably going to be climbed on. I know my kids are going to want to climb on all this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we definitely took all that into account. Um, right. and we, yeah. Okay. No, I just appreciate the the more space, and I do appreciate the nooks and the areas to have some privacy. But at the same time, um, I just realize how important it is to have open space and, and areas to to play and and sit and enjoy. The nature area. So thank you. Thank you very much, Nabia. And again, uh, close for closing. This is um, affordable housing, and we want to convey to the rest of San Francisco that we have the land, the Treasure Island, and we are pursuing uh, the goals of helping San Francisco to fulfill uh, the affordable uh, housing goals and mandate. And so. And we need money and we need the capitals to get that going. So um, are there any uh, public comments? Uh, Kate? There is no public comment. Okay. Thank you again, Navier. We'll be glad to bring you back at some other time. Uh, Thank next you, thing on the agenda. Thank you very Item much. Item number five, Treasure Thanks. Island Ferry Service. Kevin Griffiths from TICD will give an update on uh, the plan and start for ferry service. Good morning, commissioners. I am uh, attempting to share my screen now. It's working. Are you seeing that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, great, thanks. I'm, I'm never sure until I hear a confirmation that. Uh, the screen share is working. So yes, good morning, everybody. Kevin Griffith from TICD. Uh, happy to be with you today to uh, talk about some exciting developments in our interim ferry service. So we spoke a couple of months ago um, on this and actually kind of wanted to circle back to a little bit of what we covered then just to kind of set the set the stage for water transportation and, and what we're doing with this interim service because there has been a little confusion about it um, <clears throat> in the past. So just to remind you guys the uh, so the, you know water transportation actually all transportation is part of a of a program run through the TIMA, the Treasure Island Mobility Management Agency you know that includes the the ferry service um, 
and ultimately ferry service will be provided by WIDA and that's coming down the road in a couple of years. Um, and that, that ferry service as well as all the transportation services is dependent on revenues that are generated from the tolling program and parking, et cetera. Um, and you know, because of that, you know, the, the, the full program won't be able to stood up until probably 2024 is uh, what we're, what we're um, looking at in conversations with, with Tima. Um, in the meantime, we're starting to bring housing online um, with the Bristol up on Yerba Buena Island and Seo May to follow uh, later this year. Um, so TICD has decided to step in and um, provide an interim service that can, can provide water transportation that link to the city over across the bay uh, for the next couple of years until the full service is ready to, to launch. Um, and again, that timing actually works well. We just heard from, from Nabiha about the completion of, of the Mercy Catholic Charities building in 2024, and we've got several other buildings uh, in that city side neighborhood of Treasure Island that are on a similar schedule. So 2024 actually lines up well uh, for, the, uh, for the full public WIDA service um, that's to come. But in the meantime, we wanted, we wanted to start from, from day one uh, when the first new residents are moving over to Treasure Island and Uruguayna Island and have the service option available. And again, um, you know, this, this is an interim measure. One, once the WIDA full service um, is up and running, we would anticipate discontinuing the service. You know, there, we may want to have a discussion about providing some fill-in service or service to other locations, but we haven't really delved into that yet. So, so the idea is that WIDA would fully take over the operation uh, once the TIMA program can launch uh, in a couple of years. So again, um, we had a little procurement process for this and we talked to several operators and ended up um, selecting Prop SF as the operator for the interim service. They've got um, a good amount of experience running mostly charter type services, but they've been looking for opportunities to run a more public kind of operation. And uh, the Treasure Island route really lined up well with their, with their abilities and their staffing. Um, I think when we spoke a couple of months ago, we described that we needed one more approval at the state level from the California Public Utilities Commission in order to start the service. And I'm happy to say that that, uh, that approval did come through earlier this month. Uh, so we have that, that uh, last hurdle, we've crossed that last hurdle and we're kind of uh, have all the approvals that we need to start the service. And we are looking to actually start service open to the public next week. We've got a few things we're uh, ironing out right now. You, if you've been out on the island or crossing the Bay Bridge, you may have noticed our boat going back and forth. We're doing some testing right now uh, on the system and the ticketing and, you know, working around. There's actually pretty substantial traffic in the bay that we're, you know, getting, getting the crews used to navigating around. Um, but, uh, you know, all those things seem to be going pretty well. Um, we've been having our staff ride back and forth just to get, have the experience. And it looks like it's going pretty well. We believe we'll be able to start next week and we will definitely be letting this board and, and all of our public stakeholders know uh, when we're ready to actually open the doors to the public. Uh, you can see on the image below, we um, the, the, the boat there is owned by Prop SF, but they allowed us to put some Treasure Island uh, um, images on, on the boats. So we have a, a really sharp looking uh, vessel going back and forth that, uh, that advertises Treasure Island uh, as it goes across the bay. 
Um, <clears throat> so just kind of the, some of the features of the service. Um, again, PropSF will be the operator of the service. It's running back and forth from the new terminal um, newly completed on Treasure Island to the ferry building. It lands at, at gate B at the ferry building, which um, is the, the gate that's furthest to the north um, at the end of the run um, of the ferry building. Um, Again, uh, we have a pretty robust schedule. I'll, sh I'll, sh I'll show our launch schedule uh, uh, slide or two forward, but um, we're looking to run approximately 16 hours, a little less than 16 hours a day during weekdays, uh, you know, more robust service during the commute hours, uh, but regular service throughout the day uh, and into the evening hours, which we thought was important. And uh, it will also run on, on uh, Saturday and Sunday and holidays as well. Um, again, the the ferry is is open to the general public we want folks to ride and you know have the experience of coming back and forth to the island to visit make it available for for all the residents of treasure island as well as you know folks who work on the island or just want to visit uh the fare is five dollars uh per person or a monthly pass uh can be purchased for 150 dollars uh for the month and we're allowing kids under five to ride free which is consistent with uh, kind of the other the other ferry operations have that policy so we're mimicking that as well Uh, so how to ride, we're um, directing people to purchase tickets through uh, our website, which will is actually not open to the public yet, but when, when the ferry service uh, is ready to launch, we'll open the website to the public and uh, direct folks to go to tisf.com, and this will be on all the announcement materials that we send around uh, when we start. Um, Again, we're encouraging people to use this electronic system because it's a little easier on the on the crew staff, but we you know, recognize that we'll need to, to accept cash for folks who don't have a smartphone uh, as well. So so cash will be accepted on board. I think we've made the, the website purchase um, pretty simple. You, know, you go to the page, click on ferry service. There's a little uh, menu here. You can see my cursor, which gives the choices. Um, and we've been testing it internally. It seems to be working pretty well uh, and they scan a little code as you as you uh, board the boat so trying to make it as, uh, as smooth and easy as uh, possible for folks um, here is the schedule that we're going to launch with and again I'll we'll, we'll have this available to the public it'll be on the website it'll be on printed material we're actually planning on going out to Treasure Island and dropping off uh, flyers with the information at the TIDA offices and one Treasure Island and several of the businesses uh, on the island so that folks have the information handy. Uh, all that said, this is, we are in this testing period. So there are, we're coming up with a couple of times that are a little, little difficult with the ferry traffic on the bay and at the gate B terminal. Uh, so there may be some little tweaks here and there, but I can say, you know for sure that uh, you know this kind of 6:30 to 9:45 time frame will will survive. There just may be a little bit of changes in the schedule, you know, during the commute hours when it's when it's uh, particularly busy. And we're also, as we launch the service, just going to be seeing what the demand is, who shows up when. Um, we do have to accommodate a shift change in the middle of the day, which is why we have this afternoon gap and. Now, when we see what the uh, what the demand is and when when people desire to ride uh, the ferry, we may want to play with that a little bit and find a find the best time. So that's all all the subject of this kind of early uh, early rollout period where we're going to really see how things are operating. And then finally, to circle back again, I think I sort of mentioned this before, but you know we are looking to transition to to the 
Aquita operated service. We hope that can occur in 2024. Um, we're actually you know, have signed on to an MOU with the parties. We've been working with WIDA and TIMA on this interim service. So they're fully aware of, of what we're doing in support of, um, of this, uh, this interim service. Um, and um, yeah, the one kind of nice thing about what we're doing now with the interim ferry is, is we're gonna really see how people react to it and when, when people wanna ride, uh, um, gauge the demand and really be able to, I think, inform the schedule uh, that WIDA will, will take on when they operate the ferry. So that's, that's a nice feature of what we're doing. And then I just note some kind of breaking news here that we, uh, we just saw that WIDA got a grant award um, to help fund an electric ferry vessel for when the permanent service launches. So that's really exciting news for, for us and the whole program. Um, we've you know, had this desire to make sure that we have a zero emissions boat uh, in the near term. And uh, it looks like there's some, some resources available for that uh, that were just announced the other day. So we're really excited about that and excited to work with WIDA on um, getting their service started and you know also providing whether it's on our side or the uh, or the city side, the electric charging infrastructure that that's going to require. Um, yeah, so that's the update, and um, we'll be over the, the next few days, kind of finishing up uh, our testing regime and getting the plaza on the Treasure Island side ready to receive traffic. Um, back and forth, we're working furiously on that now, and uh, we expect to have an announcement that the public is welcome to ride in a few days, and that concludes. My report, but we're really excited about this. this. is a big milestone for the island, and uh, great. I'm happy to take any questions that you guys have. Thank you, Kevin. This is great. I mean, this is great news for San Francisco. And again, the key I'll take away from your presentation is that our development partner TICD stepped in to solely uh, to fund the interim. Uh, project to allow this to happen. And this is one of the key elements of having public-private partnerships. So we wanted to make sure we accentuate that. Um, for your press release uh, that's coming up, it uh, just want to reiterate, it should be a joint press release by TITER and at TICD. And we made that clear that everything we are doing, we carry ourselves uh, so that the public understand how we are going about this uh, development. So I presume that um, Mr. Bob Beck will be, you know, working with Kevin and, you know, in, in, in that uh, press release. At some point, um, this committee would like to, uh, you know, host ProPSF and WIDA, and it should be on our calendar. So great, great, great. Let me, um, Commissioner Peshen, I see uh, your comments, please. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, it is really a wonderful news that the ferry service, even though it's on an interim basis until we've got the public ferry, I'm, um, I applaud TICD for stepping in and providing this interim service for the island. The island, you know, as it transitions from a military base, which really had very little access you know, and actually no access to the public, you know, to see now the way that we're connecting the island in many ways, uh, through the bus service, through the new freeway ramps from the bridge, but particularly this, um, this water connection between the ferry building on the mainland, which is so popular, and Treasure Island, 
this is such an important connection. And I'm glad that we're starting um, this service. Um, my question to you has um, is really how many um, seats will they be available? How many passengers can the, uh, the ferry, this interim ferry take? And then on the other side, um, both to you and to Bob Beck, um, when they arrive, how are we going to handle the visitors who come? You know, we're, we're sort of it's still in a state of construction. Um, there is not yet the, the open space in the parks, which we envision along the waterfront. It will come um, uh, a couple of years later. But um, right now, um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think once it's known, it's going to be so popular. And so I want to make sure that even though we're in state of construction, that we'll be able to manage the visitors who come and give them wayfinding ways to get to different places on Treasure Island. But that's that's a question to you, um, Kevin, and then Bob yeah. back as well. Yeah. So, so first first question. That's that's easy. It's a forty-eight passenger boat. Um, that we have and you know, we're going to see if we're you know this is phenomenally popular prop does have a larger boat in its fleet that we could possibly talk about utilizing uh, as well uh, or we could supplement you know with additional runs if necessary but for now we're launching with this 48 passenger boat and and are people going to be able to bring bikes on board given the small size of the uh, ferry yeah, and that's that's one of the things we're gonna. I think we're probably gonna get an early test on because I know the bike community is pretty interested in having this link uh, to be able to cross the bay, you know, on the on the eastern span path with a bike, uh, and then connect uh, across by water to San Francisco. So I think we are we are gonna find out. There is it's a little hard to see in this image, but there is room here for several bikes. Um, I think. If 20 people bring a bike, it's it, it, we may be oversubscribed, but I think we can we can handle a good number of, of bikes uh, on this vessel. It's great. Yeah. And I think uh, your other question so was about access and and um, you know kind of amenities on the island for folks who are curious and want to come over. So, I guess first first thing to say is one of the things we're we're doing right now. I think I mentioned we're furiously trying to to uh, finish up the path that will get you from the landing across. Um, you know, to Avenue of the Palms and Building One and everything else on the island. So that's uh, that's actually happening right now. Um, so we're we're kind of building the central path that leads from the ferry terminal first, uh, and then the construction of the rest of the plaza will follow. And and that plaza, I believe, is scheduled to be done uh, this fall, September, October. So we'll have some space there uh, for people to enjoy, as well as uh, the first part of Hilltop Park on Yerba Buena Island. Um, which is also on a similar schedule uh, to be ready for, for public access. So that, you know, right there can, can create one destination uh, for folks to come up and enjoy the views from Hilltop Park uh, and also, you know, enjoy some of the, the restaurants or, you know, Woods Beer is uh, looking to open up in Building One shortly. And of course, Marseille and Araceli and the other businesses on the island are, are available as well as the bike paths around the island. I, I'm wondering whether we need to have some temporary wayfinding way signs, um, because certainly uh, Mercy and Oselli are great, you know, restaurants on the island. Um, but I think it's hard for people who come, especially on the ferry, they're on foot, 
um, and they may not know um, which direction to go. And I think it would be helpful to have some wayfinding there. Yeah, yeah I think we, that's we, a good comment. Go, go ahead, Bob. Oh, no, I was just, I think we were both <laughs> both agreeing that it's a good good idea and uh, we'll, we'll uh, look, look at the, doing that. I know we've been yeah, looking at digital material as well that would yeah, highlight yeah. what's on there. Commissioner Fajian is right. Um, painting some of the evil streets, even when people get to the island and they need to, on their bike or wherever, some of these streets, some cosmetic things that we can do to make it easier. Yeah, and, and TICD has been, uh, you know, the, the, the crosswalk in front of building one is has been newly refreshed and some of the other uh, striping uh, on the streets is being updated as well. So that, that is happening. And will the hiking trails up to Yoba Buena Island um, be finished? When When is that um, to be finished? Yeah, I think some of the trails through the through the natural areas will not be ready later this year. That's that's going to follow, you know, in the next year or two after. But um, But there will definitely be a pedestrian pathways up to Yerba Buena Island uh, later this year when Hilltop Park is ready. I think that um, my concern is more going to be the popularity of this once the ferry services started in 40, um, you know, 48 uh, uh, seats is not very much. Um, and I do want it to be a positive experience because it is leading up to the larger ferry service you know that we will have yeah. um so um i i um I, I, it would be an interesting experiment to see you know what the response is um and whether the reservation system that you have set up you know works um and i'm fearful that there may be long lines especially at certain times of the Day, maybe even on the weekends um, for people as they hear about this. Um, so uh, let's um, see what that experience is. And I'm glad that there's a way to maybe um, eventually get a larger boat uh, if, if needed, but that's, you know, for us to see later on in time. But, yeah. Yeah. but great, great that you're starting the service. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. And to note that the time, waiting time, it's be 10 to 15 minutes, even big muni, that's a stunning. <laughs> so you have the wraparound services. I think everybody should now to, please, when you send out your press release, indicate the time, I think is very fast for to get in and out. So that'd be great. Uh, any other I failed to mention that questions? when I was talking. That's That should have been, been our lead point. It only takes less than 10 minutes on the water to cross. Uh, that was one of my questions, yes. <laughs> it's almost as much time, you know, positioning yes. the boat and tying it up wrap and getting on and off as it is crossing the water. So it's a really, mm -hmm. really fast, great trip. Okay. Thank you, and, that, um, I, and thanks for a great presentation. I'm so excited and congratulations on the funding for the electric ferry. I'm really excited about the zero emissions and meeting our net zero goal. So thanks for promoting that and just keeping us posted. And then I I was curious about the number of seats. So thank you, Faye, for asking about that and, and the wayfinding, because I agree this is going to be really exciting and I hope that we have a lot more room for bikes because I have a feeling people are going to want to go back and forth. So keep please keep us posted on that. And then my other question is on 
clipper. I just think that some, it's going to be hard for people to find the website or they might not know that you need to go to the website. Can we use our clipper cards to go across? Yeah, I, unfortunately, that would have been, that would have solved a lot of issues for us too. We're, we're not able to use Clipper because it's, you know, we and, and Proper are not public transportation agencies and Clipper is limited to those agencies. Uh, uh, so un, unfortunately, we can't, uh, we can't use the Clipper system. And what if individuals can't print out tickets? Is it, I mean, and what yeah, if they don't can, have yeah, phones? So, yeah, we're we're encouraging, like I said, people to to use a use a phone, and you know, you get a little code that gets scanned. We've we've tried it; it seems to be working quite well. Um, but we recognize that for folks who don't have a smartphone, we will have to take cash. So so cash is uh, is uh, welcome on the ferry as well. Great. Okay, that's really important for for equity too. Okay, thank you. And then can so you can buy on on the boat there cash yeah. tickets or have the phone yeah. great yeah. okay and then it won't be tied to clipper until it becomes part of the public transportation that's, system that's right yeah got it okay thanks kevin very much really excited and look forward to writing it in person very soon so thank you yes great thank you. are there any public comments there is no public okay. comment okay thank you so much uh, kevin and uh, bob the commissioners will be looking forward to the invitation to ride uh, this ferry. And we know that the mayor has already uh, been on board, so that's great. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Okay, next thing on the agenda. And, Item number um, six, planning for transition unit offers. Okay, and we have, uh, I think the time now is about 9.39 and um, given um, time, so a brief, a quick presentation and then question and answer. Thank you. Yeah, I think this should be fairly quick. Um, I, I did want to take advantage of, of the opportunity to follow up on Nabiha's presentation. Um, I'm pulling up my presentation here. As she mentioned, the the um, um, hello. Yeah, sorry, I'm. I'm struggling with uh, <laughs> the sharing yes. function. Um, the uh, okay, okay, we got Let's it. Except this is this is the wrong file. Okay, so the authority buildings. That's the let me, I'm sorry. Let me. Let me check. Yes, no, this is the right file. Sorry. Okay. So you're you're seeing it in presentation mode now. Yes. Yes. yes okay. Thank you. Um, as Nabiha mentioned, um, the, the Catholic Charities Building is going to include twenty three transition units. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what those units represent relative to the, the transition plans for the island and um, the process that we're gonna need to go through to, to uh, make offers of those units to, to residents. Um, so talk a little bit about who is eligible for a transition unit what transition units are, how the unit offers are made, 
um, when they'll be available, both the Catholic Charities Building and others. And then we are going to be doing something called a transition unit ranking. Um, and I want to talk about what, what that is and, and uh, the timing for it. So uh, I think um, directors uh, are, are familiar that uh, when the, the DDA was adopted, um, the, uh, the, there were the transitional housing rules and regulations that were adopted along with the, um, um, the DDA that offered opportunities for people living in our retail our market rate um, housing at that time, the opportunity to uh, move into new rental units in authority developed buildings. Um, and so that population today includes um, 97 households that are 100, that were every member of the household was here in 2011. Um, and then also, 68 households that are have household members that were here uh, in 2011, and then also some household members that moved in after uh, 2011. Um, and while we call those mixed households, um, the population that's entitled to these transition units are, are all of the households that have uh, pre-2011 members, but for the mixed households, it's only the uh, the residents within those households that were here in 2011 that are entitled to that transition unit. So that's that's the population that's that's entitled to the transition unit. As as we've discussed before, all of our residents of Source to Plowshares, Catholic Charities, Community Housing Partnership, and Health Right 360 will be transferred to new buildings. But within the market rate housing, uh, there's a couple of different uh, tiers of eligibility. And with the transition units, we're talking specifically about those, those residents that were here prior to 2011. Um, and so uh, the, the transitional housing rules and regulations or the THRR um, extend that um, the, the, the households will be offered a transition unit and they can either choose to move into that transition unit. Um, if they income qualify, they could choose to move into an affordable unit. Um, or if they don't want to move into the transition unit and would decide to move off of the island, uh, then they're eligible for an in lieu payment. Um, as the directors know, we, we've actually opened up the opportunity for the in-lieu payment now for a couple of years so that if people don't want to wait for the offer of a transition unit, they can take an early in-lieu payment and leave in advance of that. But uh, at the time when a, an offer is made of a transition unit, um, they need to make a decision uh, of, of which of these uh, options to take. Um, and, and the transition unit is sized uh, uh, and, and the initial rent is tied to their current unit, um, but there are uh, provisions for adjustments in bedroom count if the household has uh, changed since 2011, particularly those mixed households. 
Um, and then there are also rent adjustments um, if the bedroom count changes or uh, if the tenant is required to pay certain expenses uh, in their new unit, for instance, uh, utilities being the most significant currently, um, utilities are included in the rent uh, for the villages. Uh, in the future buildings, uh, tenants will be uh, charged for their utilities. So uh, their rent would be adjusted uh, accordingly. Um, and it's important to note that um, uh, when when the offer of a transition is made, is made um, the, the household is required to choose one of these benefits um, and then vacate their existing unit by a specified move date. Um, so this um, effectively, uh, you know, begins the process of of, of uh, vacating some of the market units and, and move transitioning people to the new newly developed housing. Um, and I mentioned the ranking. So uh, we, we ha will have 23 units in that first building and we currently have a hundred um, more than 160 um, uh, pre-DDA households. And so we need to determine the order in which uh, current residents will be offered this transition, these transition units. And that's what the proposed uh, ranking is, is for, is to determine the order uh, in which households will be offered transition units. Um, some more details from the, the THR&R. Um, calls for a first notice to be moved, not be issued to the household not less than 120 days before uh, required, they're, they're required to remove, um, including uh, the date on which uh, their current residential lease will terminate and they'll be expected to move. Um, the, our understanding of the household composition, um, how many pre-DDA or post-DDA residents are, there are within the household um, and and their transition benefit their transition benefit options details, um, both uh, uh, the if they were to move into a, a transition unit, the, the sizing and rent for that transition unit, based on our understanding of their household composition, uh, as well as uh, affordable unit options uh, should they meet the income requirements, and then also the the obligations of the transition household. And, and some of those obligations include um, uh, meeting with uh, an advisor to um, conduct an interview on and verify the information that was provided in the first notice, um, income certification process uh, for potential affordability, affordable housing eligibility, and then ultimately uh, to make their transition benefit selection. Um, so in terms of, of transition units and, and when they'll be available, um, I mentioned that the transition units are, 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 will be provided within the authority buildings that we'll be developing. Um, and our first four, four, first four authority buildings are intended to be constructed in partnership with the one Treasure Island member agencies. 
The first, uh, as you know, is the Meseo May building under construction with uh, sorts to plowshares and, and Chinatown community development, um, which does not include any transition units um, because again, that building uh, programmatically is, is uh, restricted to, to, to veterans. Um, and then the, um, the Mercy uh, Catholic Charities building that, that Nabiha spoke to earlier uh, will include 23 transition units. Um, and another detail about transition units is that because the initial occupants of these units are, are um, market rate residents, um, we're not able to use uh, certain uh, funding sources to, to finance the construction of those units. Um, for in, and most notably, we can't use affordable housing tax credits uh, since the unit will be initially occupied by someone who will not qualify for affordable housing, uh, even though the unit itself will be deed restricted and become affordable in the future. Um, but that's part of the reason that there's, uh, you know, it, this is limited to about 20% of the units in the, in the Mercy building. Um, the, the third building uh, or the next building we anticipate will be constructed in partnership with, with, uh, Home Rise, with uh, formerly known as as Community Housing Partnership, um, they they currently operate 114 units on the island, uh, and so it's currently expected that that building will be uh, fully occupied, uh, transitioning just existing Home Rise households into into that building. So it, it's not anticipated to include any transition units, and then uh, the. The other uh, One Treasure Island partner agency is HealthRight360, um, who they um, perform transitional housing and and drug and alcohol treatment programs within their within their existing units, and we'll be developing a building in partnership with them that will include uh, space for those programs. Uh, they won't necessarily be conventional housing units, but um, based upon the, the program, the space required to transition their current programs, we expect that we'll be able to co-develop that site with uh, some additional affordable housing units. Um, and, and some of those uh, units will include transition units as well, but the exact number uh, is, is yet to be determined. Um, and then it's really with the fifth authority building um, where we expect to include a, a significant number of additional transition units. Um, again, we have uh, more than 160 households to transition. Um, some of those will qualify for affordable housing and, and seek those opportunities earlier. Um, some may pursue market rate units either for rent or for sale. Um, but in terms of getting our number of transition units up, it, it'll really be with that fifth building where we'll have that opportunity. And in terms of timing, the, the sequence and, and location of the individual projects uh, will be determined as we're able to pull uh, the funding plans together for each building. Um, because these are different types of programs within the buildings, uh, they'll be drawing from different funding sources. And, and for instance, the, the, the we may be able to, to um, Put together a full funding for the home rise, uh, the health right 360 building before the home rise building, or vice versa. Uh, so it's not entirely clear which which project will come first, but conceptually, these this is the sequence. And 
um, these these uh, um, the parcels for the third, fourth, and fifth buildings are all within the third subphase area uh, of development, and so they're going to be coming uh, available. Um, the first two parcels will probably be available in about three years, uh, and then we'll have to go through a construction period. So, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, four to six years, uh, roughly a, a, a bit one, one of these buildings every two years uh, going forward, uh, with the first being perhaps four years away uh, following the uh, completion of the Catholic Charities building. Um, and in that time frame, uh, we'll have far more affordable housing opportunities uh, that will be available to the legacy invested residents that that income qualify for those uh, during that period. Um, this is a, a rendering uh, of, of the uh, of the Mercy Catholic Charities building. And as I mentioned, it will include the, the first 23 transition units. Um, and before offering those transition units to existing households, um, we plan to have a, a window where any qualified uh, Free DDA legacy household who wishes to relocate uh, into that building can volunteer um, uh, irrespective of the ranking that we propose to do. Um, so if we have 23 households that, that step forward and say they want units in this building, then we'll be able to forego the, the offer process of offering units to households. Um, but uh, on the assumption that uh, we won't fill them all through uh, a voluntary process, then we'll, we'll need to go to the offer process. Um, and we expect that will begin in mid-2023, and I'll go into the schedule a little bit more detail later. Um, and then the, the remaining 43 units uh, in, in the building will be um, assigned by MOHCD via a Dahlia lottery. And again, um, the Treasure Island resident preference will apply there. So uh, to the extent that um, pre-DDA and legacy households haven't uh, elected units, uh, affordable units in the building, um, uh, vested residents will also uh, be eligible to uh, pursue these, these units. And vested, vested residents are those that moved in after 2011 and prior to December of 2019. So uh, again, just the composition of that building, as I mentioned, there are 23 uh, transition units. Um, and again, there are two, three, and four bedroom units. Um, and then we have uh, uh, 43 units um, uh, from one to four bedroom that would be available for uh, other uh, residents through the Dahlia Lottery. Um, and Globally, uh, again, there, there's those 23 units. I mentioned that there will be other uh, inclusionary opportunities. Uh, there are 39 inclusionary for rent and 25 inclusionary for sale during the next three years, um, and even more um, by the time the third, fourth, and, and fifth projects are completed. So conducting the ranking, um, we've, we're planning to do a randomized ranking of all pre-DDA mixed households uh, to determine the order in which they'll be offered transition units. Um, we plan to prioritize 
um, current residents of the 1300 series housing, and I'll explain what, what that is in just a moment. Uh, in that ranking, um, we'll be conducting outreach to residents before the ranking occurs. Um, and then um, in May, perform the ranking with the help of MOHCD utilizing their systems for doing randomized uh, drawings uh, and, and live webcasting uh, of, those, of those drawings. So just uh, explaining what the 1300 series housing is and, and why to prioritize it. Um, the housing, the existing housing was built out in, in four phases. Um, which are referred to as the 1100, 1200, 1300, and 1400 series housing. And the 1300 and 1400 series housing in particular uh, are, are areas that are going to be developed uh, in, in, uh, at, for future housing as part of the development program. Whereas the 1100 and 1200 series housing uh, will primarily be open space in the future. And so those units can remain for a longer period of time. Um, in terms of, of the residents in the 1300 and 1400 series housing, um, the, um, the, um, the colors on this map indicate the various housing providers and the yellow uh, are source to plowshares, red health right 360, um, blue uh, Catholic Charities and, and green Home Rise. So you can see within the 1400 series housing, there are a significant number of, of units that will be developed uh, or vacated um, in partnership with those first four buildings. Uh, more than 60% of those units will be relocated uh, in their first four. Whereas in the 1300 series housing, there's only one of, of 14 buildings that will be relocated into those first four buildings uh, with the uh, one Treasure Island providers. Uh, so that at the end of those four, four buildings, this is what the, these are the buildings that will have been vacated. Um, so to help uh, vacate these 1300 series units, um, that's the, re the reason for prioritizing them in the rankings for these uh, 23, uh, first 23 and, and future inclusion of uh, transition units. So timeline for this, uh, we're working on preparing materials right now for an outreach campaign to uh, let legacy households know that uh, we'll be hosting some community meetings to inform them of, of this ranking process and answer questions. Um, in April, hosting communities, uh, we're developing um, plans for both a, a virtual uh, and if we can, uh, some in-person meetings. Um, and then, uh, then a follow-up uh, to that with an outreach campaign to let folks know when the live ranking um, will, will take place with MOHCD. Uh, which we we expect will be in the first week of May. Uh, we'll send notices to households of their ranking the second week of May, uh, and then follow up uh, with with households in May and June to uh, discuss their their housing options. Um, we, the reason for doing it at this time is is we want to conduct it well in advance of the first unit offers. Uh, so that households will know where they stand and, and can begin to plan accordingly uh, what benefits they, they uh, intend to pursue. 
Um, and the for the Catholic Charities building, the, the move in there is targeted for the second quarter of 2024. Um, and the Dahlia lottery needs to be conducted about four months prior to move in to allow for uh, income certification and lease up. And then we want to, to uh, ideally we, we want to know um, the preferences of households between transition units and affordable units so that um, if uh, we make the transition unit offer to a, a, a pre-DDA or legacy household uh, and they, they elect an affordable unit, um, then we can make a second offer of the intended transition unit to the next uh, person on the ranking. Um, and then also uh, set appropriate expectations uh, for the Dahlia lottery that some of the affordable units have already been assigned. Um, and as I had mentioned earlier, uh, in advance of, of make, initiating the offers, we also want to have a window where uh, residents who wish to self-select to move into the Catholic Charities building uh, may do so. So just in terms of a timeline, you know, if we're looking at that uh, move in in mid 2024, um, we have about a four month lease up period following the Dahlia lottery. Um, then a window of, of transition unit offers uh, before that stretching back into 2023 um, and a, a self-selection window uh, that, that would occur in, in the early part of 2023. So although um, uh, Mercy only expects to break ground in May, um, we're already uh, very close to having the conversation with residents about uh, who uh, may need to or want to move into that building. So uh, that's the reason for um, uh, trying to complete the, the ranking at this time. Uh, so that concludes my presentation and happy to take questions you may have. Yes, thank you so much, uh, Bob, uh, for that comprehensive uh, you know, presentation. And so preceding all these uh, presentations should be a statement all the time to let people know that through the generosity of the city and county of San Francisco and Treasure Island Development Authority, that we are providing uh, these uh, benefits for Treasure Island, knowing that no one uh, was displaced, will be displaced. And so that is very important that, you know, in San Francisco, this is in line. No resident pre-DDA household are getting these benefits again because through the generosity of Tider and the city and county of San Francisco. I'm going to yield um, to Commissioner Feishan here for questions and I have some statement myself. Okay, Commissioner Che. Commissioner Feishan is here. Is Commissioner yes. here? Hello. Thank okay. you, thank you, Bob, for that very comprehensive um, report on how we're going to do that transition of people who are living on the island now and, um, and the number of units that we're going to be um, have available for people to move in. Um, and it, it's, it's a difficult thing because um, there, there's an absolute commitment to the pre-DDA households that were people who were living there before the master plan was passed by the city and before 
it was the decision to do the development on the island and people were notified of that. Um, and so there is a commitment to um, have housing for those people and to replace that housing um, so that they get to go from the old units to the new units that are created. Um, and this is um, an ironclad commitment, as I understand it. Um, the difficulty is that there have been people who have moved on to the island since um, when they moved on to the island, they did when they were very clearly notified that um, that the development was happening, that the housing was was going to be temporary, although temporary now has stretched over, you know, um, some time. But there was um, th that notice to them and that they agreed to that. Um, but since then, I think that what we've said is that they can participate in the lottery, um, but they're not guaranteed a replacement unit. Is that correct, Bob? Am I um, misstating, uh, misstating the, the facts here? So in, in 2019, um, uh, working with Supervisor Haney's office, we amended the, the transition housing rules and regulations Originally, people that moved in after 2011 were only um, entitled to relocation advisory services. Um, but what we did do in 2011 was um, modify the transition housing rules and regulations to say that people who moved into uh, after 2011 and prior to December of 2019 that income qualified will have a preference in the in the in the Dahlia lottery for affordable units on on the island. So, um, for instance, with the Catholic Charities building, there are 43 units that are available. Uh, uh, after, in addition to the, the to the units transitioning Catholic Charities households, and the 23 villages transition units, there's an additional 43 general affordable units and when MOHCD conducts the lottery for that any applicant who is a pre-DDA household will have the highest priority and then any applicant who is a Treasure Island resident uh, that moved here between 2011 to 2019 that we refer to as vested household or resident they'll have the next and then it will go to the citywide uh, uh, the regular citywide preference uh, criteria. So, uh, yes, if they if they meet the income qualification requirements uh, or limits, they will be prioritized above uh, other applicants citywide. Right, which which is um, because the Galia lottery being citywide, there's so many people who want to be in these affordable units. So by giving um, at least the Treasure Island residents, you know, basically priority. That is really a, a big boost um, for for them to be able to um, get a unit if it becomes available. The problem is that we um, are not able to build these units as fast as we would like. Um, it, it depends a lot on the financing that is available um, to subsidize a lot of these affordable units. It comes from the city, the state, and the tax credits from the, um, 
from the federal government. So they are, it, it is a difficult process to put the financing together. And um, as, as you laid out, there are many projects, the, the projects that we have, um, basically four with the nonprofits that are working on the island, it's going to take some years before we have them available um, for people to move in. But, but, we, but I'm glad to know that we at least have the Mercy family housing. There, there has been a plan to have some units in the Mercy housing. Um, and as, uh, again, would you, would you um, recap how many affordable and how many non-income restricted replacement housing units there will be in the um, new Mercy housing, family housing that is going to be built? Yeah, so there, there are 138 units total, um, 71 of which will be occupied by current Catholic Charities residents, um, one of which will be a manager unit, um, and then 23 units that will be not income restricted. So the, they will be what are defined as transition units uh, in, the, in the transition housing rules and regulations, um, uh, specifically for the, the pre-2011 households. And then there will be 43 other affordable units that will go to the Dahlia Lottery in which the Treasure Island preferences for both pre-DDA and vested households will apply. Um, so, so basically it's about 66 units of affordable yeah. and non-income restricted that, that will um, will go to Treasure Island uh, residents, pre-DDA. And if there's not enough pre-DDA to fill those, then it would be um, the post-DDA vested households would have some opportunity there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, well, I think it's, it's certainly communication is so important. Um, I know that people um, are anxious about their tenancy um, and how long they can stay on Treasure Island. Um, there's decisions that need to be made, but I, I think that giving the information, you know, directly and having those, um, those community meetings as well as those one-to-one -one meetings um, is going to be helpful and how those are conducted um, is important. So I'm glad that you're looking at this and preparing for it. I don't have any other questions, Linda. Thank you so much, uh, Commissioner Shen. In direct um, answer to your question, I think by all measures, pre-DDA is still a foremost obligation. And what I'm hearing is that they have the highest priority. That's what you were trying to allude to, yes. obligations to the pre-DDA. And we are also, um, again, very receptive of all the other residents and I also wanted to remind um, those that are listening, everyone that the post source housing legislation that back then uh, supervisor, board president, um, Mayor London Breed had in place. I worked on that, that Mayor Ed Lee signed into legislation. It was one first of its kind. Also applied to DDA, if they are building in your neighborhood, you'll have the first preference. So when, we, when you look at the um, preferences that we have, and including the 60 units, they have to exhaust 
uh, those rankings and lotteries for the residents that are living. So those and um, legislations, including um, supervisor heading, they embolden and ensure that uh, Treasure Island residents in so many ways would have preferences. I think we need to, um, you know, accentuate that. You know, moving forward, it would be great that to have, I'm looking for uh, an Excel spreadsheet again, so that we can help to simplify all this other information that we have uh, so that the uh, communications that Commissioner Fitch and uh, talk about, it's extremely very important. So you know where you are in this process, when the building are gonna come up and what other opportunity you also need to pursue uh, in the city and county of San Francisco. So uh, Commissioner, Parshnik, any comments so we can wrap this thing, uh, segment, please? Yes, um, thank you, Linda. I, I just wanted to say thank you again, Bob, for going all the detail and really appreciate all the work and the communications. And I think one thing I just want to note is to also echo um, Faye's great points. It, all you know, this is can be very confusing, and I think we learned a lot from our lessons learned from the from the um, the work we've done earlier this year on on the Bristol and the outreach and communications. And just want to take the lessons learned into this process. And I think the more we can communicate, the better, just because there, there are so many um, confusing elements. So I'm excited to hear that you know, communications and notifications will be going out as soon as possible because April is around the corner. So anything that we can do to help on communication outreach, let us know. But again, just want to highlight the lessons learned from the outreach from the Bristol and how we can um, improve upon it for all the outreach here because there's a lot more units and a lot more opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Any uh, public comments? Okay. There is no public comment. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, next thing on the agenda. Item number seven, discussion of future agenda items by directors. Okay. I think uh, for this item, always uh, checking with the um, Commissioner Fechan and uh, Bob Director, you know, we'll figure what needs to go based on the needs and um, things we need to act on. So, but uh, commissioners, you have any uh, suggestions, um, you know, absolutely it, um, you know, work with the, uh, you know, us so we can put that on, okay. Thanks. Um, one, one idea I'd like to ask, and, and Bob, if this has already happened, please, please correct me. But I was just curious, when's the last time we had kind of an overall kind of high level view, bird's eye view of kind of all the different pieces and kind of like an, and, and the timelines for each, just to kind of step back and kind of look at, you know, now that we're coming kind of out of the COVID stalls and we do have some supply chain pausing, but I just think is going forward just to kind of have a, a perspective of all the moving pieces that apply to transportation infrastructure, kind of look at the any of the hurdles or challenges and just kind of identify them up front so we can kind of think about them strategically for this next year. Yeah, um, I, that that's probably a good topic for something in, in the near future. Um, the um, uh, the TIMA will be is looking to adopt the, the toll policy um, on uh, March 8th. Uh, and that you know will will should solidify the framework for for the tolling and and program and and since the transportation program builds off of the tolling program, uh, it'll it'll lay the foundation for that as well. So um, 
yeah, talk, having a, a, a bird's eye presentation of uh, the current services, uh, the roadway projects, uh, which then drive the ability to start tolling, um, which uh, provides the subsidy for expanded East Bay bus service and, and other transportation improvements. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's a, a good topic that we could dig into. Wonderful. Thanks. And, and if you need my help offline just to help organize that or just to prep, let me know. I'll, I'll be helpful. Sure. Thank you, um, Commissioner Poshnik, for that. Um, and so as we move, you know, onwards, uh, there are a lot of things on the docket and, you know, funding for some of the transportation infrastructure that we talk about with the state of California. So, and again, um, this is really great, you know, all ideas are welcome, and um, we are excited uh, moving on to lots of things to get accomplished uh, this year with the help of you all. Again, uh, at this point, um, are there any public comments? Okay. There is no public comment. Okay. At this point, again, wanted to uh, thank uh, commissioners for your time today and the staff and all our presenters, uh, Kevin, JICD and uh, for Mercy Housing. I think we have a great, um, a lot of great uh, excitement ahead of us. And uh, again, lastly, Mr. Beck, I think it would be appropriate uh, for the commissioners to be present when the ferry service begins. So we can, um, you know, people need to know what we are doing here and how we are doing it. And this is a major, major milestone. And so I'd uh, like to, um, you know, talk with you about that to make sure we are all in attendance and um, can be, you know, for the work, great work that we are doing here. Um, say none, I think um, we're, can I join this meeting? Thank you so much. All in attendance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you all. Thank you.